grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text today, of course, is from the epistle, Philippians chapter 3, where Paul writes, I consider everything a loss compared to the surpassing great knowledge of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I've lost all things. I consider them rubbish or trash or garbage that I may gain Christ and be found in Him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but a righteousness that is through faith in Christ. Dear friends of Christ, you know, every week we all do the same thing. We take the trash out to the curb and uh, we wait for the garbage truck to come and do his duty uh, to pick it up. And you've seen how it works. Of course, the truck arrives and those mechanical arms go out and they grab your canister and, and uh, then dump all your smelly garbage into uh, the larger bin where your trash joins all your neighbor's trash rancid trash, and then, of course, it's hauled off to the landfill. Now, Paul uses in our text this picture of trash to teach us a lesson of garbage, of rancid, because to illustrate how our sinful lives are, the the Bible says that our sinful lives are rancid like that, you know, stinky, smelly trash, putrid, worthless garbage. And we need a different kind of righteousness if we hope to attain heaven. We need a different kind of of righteousness than this rancid offering that we have to give to the Lord. We need the righteousness of Christ. And that's why Paul writes, I consider everything to be a loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. I consider them rubbish, garbage. Everything else is trash. You know, I... I have something for you this morning, and uh, it's, it's, it's uh, from the refrigerator that stuff that, I don't know, I'm not sure what's in there anymore. And uh, it gets to a point where it gets pretty rancid, and it gets pretty smelly, and of course moldy, and, and it's in bad shape. Apparently it's been there for quite some time, and... and uh, so I'm, I'm, out of the generosity of my heart, I'm willing to give this away today uh, to anybody who would like it. But of course, if you receive this gift, I would love to be, have you be able to enjoy it and of course open it up and, you know, and smell it and, and enjoy this. Would anybody like, like my gift today? Of course, nobody wants this because it's trash and nobody wants my trash. And, and that's the point that God is making here. Paul's making this morning uh, our sinful lives. And we take it to God and we say, gosh, Lord, here I am. Here I am. Take me. And what does that mean? When we say, here I am, Lord. All that I am in all my glory. Here I am, my rancid, sinful, stinky soul. Take it, Lord. And I hope you enjoy the contents. And we get the picture. Of course, that's why God sent His Son, because who would accept such a ridiculous offer? None of you would accept the offer of of my trash, and why would you not accept it? Because it's not acceptable. And so that's a dilemma. What do we do with our trash? What do we do with that rancid soul that stinks inside? And again... That's our, our theme today, uh, throwing out the trash 
and then pressing on. Um, have you ever lost anything? Maybe keys? If you lo- ever lost your wallet? Seems like I do that every day. The, the remote control. Maybe you've used some, have lost money in the stock market um, and you've made a bad financial decision. Sometimes those, uh, when you lose something, it can be bad. But sometimes when you lose something, it's good. Losing something isn't always bad. Uh, for example, you know, maybe you've lost a cancerous tumor. And, of course, that's a good deal. Uh, you go to the doctor, and the doctor says, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm here to inform you that uh, your cancer has, has uh, been removed, and you've lost your cancer. I, it's not there anymore. And, of course, then you rejoice as if you've got a new lease on life because you do. It's a huge blessing. Well, when the Lord today in our text, he says, I want you to lose all hope in yourself. I want you to lose all hope that you have in yourself. And that's why he sends Jesus your way. And that's why we have Lent. And that's why we have Jesus journeying to the cross. And that's why he suffers and dies with his body and blood and removes all that, all that deadly, cancerous, terminal sin that resides in our soul. And my friends, that's a great blessing to have that removed. A great blessing. Matter of fact, it's the greatest blessing that you can find in this world that God removes that from you. And that's why the devil in all of his power wants to trick you and trick the rest of the world into thinking that somehow I'm not so bad. Thinking somehow that, you know, we as a people, we're pretty good people. We're, we're pretty decent. We're okay. God should accept us. And, and uh, of course, there's nothing to worry about then. You don't have to repent. You don't have to come back to God. You don't have to come to church. You don't have to plead for God's mercy you're just okay. Earlier in the chapter, Paul is talking about false teachers. And false teachers are people that mislead the people of God. He calls them dogs, um, goyim. And the Hebrew word is referring to the wild, uh, dangerous, mangy, vicious dogs that roam the streets back in Jerusalem in those days. And they would just attack the people out of nowhere. They were dangerous. And, and that's what these false teachers would do. They would attack, they would attack people with their false message and encouraging people to put their confidence in their own sinful flesh, encouraging people that you can be a better dad, you can, you can please the Lord, so let's work really hard to please the Lord, let's work really hard to be good little Christians, because God will pat us on the back, and He will say, good job, come on into heaven, you've been such good people. Now, when we talk about the law, I want to make it very clear that there is different uses of the law, but one of the uses of the law isn't to get to heaven. The law will never guide you there. The law will always condemn you. You haven't done enough. Your righteousness is putrid trash. There's another part of the law, though, that is a third use of the law, that once you're forgiven and once you're redeemed and once you have the righteousness of Christ, which we have, and once you believe in all that and your journey to heaven has been paid for by Christ, now then, now then you say, Lord, what can I do for you? And he says, well, if you love me, keep my commandments, and then the Lord will bless you. He'll bless your works. But it doesn't get you to heaven. But it does store up rewards for you when you get there. So we have to get the law right. 
And Paul didn't get the law right, and neither did the false teachers. Paul himself uh, put his confidence in his own flesh. And he wrote, I am the Hebrew of Hebrews. If you want to talk to somebody who's a good person, I was a good person. I was a Pharisee. I lived the law. I obeyed God. I even persecuted Christians for God's sake. That I might somehow be worthy of God and His honor. And I gave my whole life to that. But Paul, in our text, calls all those things garbage. All my holiness, all my seeking after God, garbage, refuse, rubbish. Our souls are filled with rubbish. Why? Because everything that we do, everything that we are is tainted by that which lies within. And my sinful soul is twisted and evil. And you say, I don't feel twisted and evil. That's how God sees us. We make confession. Confession means we speak back what God tells us to say about ourselves. And this is what God tells us to say about ourselves. That inside we are twisted and evil. Jeremiah says the heart is deceitful above all things. It's beyond cure. Beyond cure. Your heart has no cure. Who can understand it? The Lord. I, the Lord, search the heart. I examine the mind to reward a man according to his conduct and according to what his deeds deserve. Those are terrifying words. The sin that lives inside of us causes us to defend our garbage and say, God, it's not that bad. You can't come and, and, and punish me. My, my garbage isn't that bad. Go punish somebody else that has stinkier garbage, worse garbage than mine. When we get used to our stinky way of life, our filthy, sinful trash, the way we think and the way we live and the way others treat us and we think it's okay. And so we make excuses for what's inside. We make excuses for our sons and daughters. We make excuses for our own selves. And we think that what is inside is okay. However, it's rubbish. It's rubbish to live with false hope. The false hope that somehow you can save yourself. The false hope that somehow there's something in you that shines bright enough, deserving enough, that somehow you can improve yourself, that somehow you can compensate for all those wrongs that you've done and all the people that you've hurt and all the commandments you've broken in the past. Scripture says the Lord searches the hearts and understands every plan and thought. And <laughs> that's the bad news. He understands every plan and thought. Yeah, you can't hide anything from Him. It's exposed. He knows our sin. And He knows we're impure. He knows we're unholy. He knows what we think. And because of His perfect and holy nature, He has to deal with our impure souls, our rancidness. And how do you deal with garbage? Well, how do you deal with your garbage? I ask you again. What do you do with your refuse, with your trash at the end of the day? What must you do with garbage? Well, you throw it out and you burn it, don't you? You take it to the landfill. You destroy it. And so I ask you once again, when you take your garbage out to the curb and the garbage man comes and picks it up, are you sad? Oh, there it goes. I was so close to that garbage. Well, of course not. You're happy. 
And when the Lord comes to, with His blood to take away your sin, are you sad and say, oh, I love that part of my life so much? Or are you glad that the Lord has delivered you from your sin? You see, God is pleased to take out your trash. God is pleased to send His Son. God is pleased to be your righteousness. To take that which is rancid in us and deliver it from us to the cross and put it onto Christ where that stench lays and is punished by the, by the wrath of God so that you might have the perfect righteousness of Christ. And that's why we say with Paul, I've lost all things, I consider all things in my life to be rubbish, that I may gain Christ and be found in Him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from my obeying the law, but a righteousness that is only found through faith in Christ. Without Christ, we have nothing to offer the Lord. However, with Christ, you have the righteousness of God. You're made perfect, you're holy. You lift up Jesus. You don't lift up yourself and say, Lord, here I am. Look at my life. No, you lift up Jesus and say, Lord, here is Jesus in me. Here is Christ in me. This is all I have to offer that is acceptable to you. Your son who lives in me, his sacrificial death and his resurrection that enables me, that enables you to stand before God holy and perfect and sinless and blameless. A righteousness not of my own based on the law, no. A righteousness that comes through faith in Christ. Isaiah says that's why we can dance with joy. That's why we should be dancing as Christians. Because Jesus covers us with His righteousness. He says, I will greatly delight in the Lord. My soul will rejoice in the Lord my God, for He has clothed me with the garments of salvation. He has robed me with the robe of His righteousness. In Revelation, John sees the saints of God. It's a picture of you, and it's a picture of me. And we're there, we're in heaven. And we're wearing robes, and we're waving palm branches as on Palm Sunday, and saying, Hosanna, long live the King, long live the King. And there it says, as the angel speaks, these are they who have come out of the great tribulation, the suffering of the sin of the world, and they've washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. And Paul writes, you are sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For all of you who are baptized into Christ have now clothed yourselves with Christ. So in baptism, we are clothed with Christ. We, we receive His holiness. We receive His forgiveness. The Lord will return on clouds of glory one day. Are you ready to meet Him? Are you ready for that day of judgment when the Lord arrives? Are you ready to be found in Christ and not in your own righteousness. Having a righteousness that comes through the law. No, but instead a righteousness that comes that is yours through faith in Christ. Throw out the trash. Throw out that which is rancid. Turn away from that evil. Get rid of all hope in yourself. Join Paul in saying, I want you to be found in Christ and in His righteousness. However, if the Lord is not ready to take you home this week, if the Lord is not ready to take you to heaven, then Paul says we have a race to run. We have a race to run with endurance, a race that is by faith. 
to live by faith. Paul speaks for all of us when he says, I want to know Christ. I want to know the power of His resurrection. I want to know the fellowship of His sharing in His sufferings. I want to become like Him in His death so that somehow to attain that resurrection from the dead. We want to know Christ. We want to know the power of His resurrection. We want to know salvation. I want the power, and so do you. The power of God in Christ. We want to live up to what the resurrection means for us. To live as the person that I have been made in Christ Jesus. Jesus loved us so much He died to wash all that sin away, to remove all that filth and trash and it, by His blood and of course by His loving care He does that through forgiveness. We now are able to take our lives and my life can glorify the Lord because He's taken all the bad stuff away. And we say, Lord, now since I've been forgiven, now that I'm cleansed, now that I'm made holy by your blood, Lord, what can I do? What can I do to you? What can I do to show you that I love you? What can I do out of, to show you my appreciation? And what does Jesus say? If you love me, what? Keep my commandments. If you love me, you have a race to run. Don't live in sin. And you say, but I'm not going to be able to do that, Pastor. I'm going to struggle. I'm not going to be able to do that, God. I'm going to struggle because of my sinful nature. Yes, the Bible says that we are both sinners. Martin Luther says we're sinners and saints at the same time, made holy by the blood of Christ, but still carrying around that, that stench that, that, that we, we turn against God day after day. And that's why we return with all of our sins each day and we lay them before the Lord. And we say, this is my offering to you, O Lord. Deliver this far from me that I might be your servant and live in your kingdom and run the race that is before me. My friends, the glory of heaven is not yet yours. And that's why Paul says, not that I've already obtained all of this, or even have been already made perfect, but I press on to take a hold of that for which Christ Jesus has taken hold of me. And that word to take hold is, is literally to grab onto something strongly and not let it go. Be tenacious and cling to it. Jesus has taken hold of you. He has grabbed you, and He won't let you go. The Bible says everybody who is in the palm of the hand of the Lord, nothing can remove you from my palm. I have grabbed you. I have called you. You did not choose me. He says, I chose you. And He's taken a hold of you by His grace. He's taken a hold of you by His love. And He's rescued from hell that you might, well, that you might live for Him in glory. He's rescued you and given you the high honor and the high privilege of serving the King. The high honor of serving your Creator. Of serving Jesus and living for Him. And then He gives you the strength to press on. To press on. One thing I do, Paul writes, forgetting everything that is behind me, straining toward what is ahead, I press for the prize for which Christ God has called me heavenward in Christ I press forward to the prize. Heaven is already yours. You've already attained that. Salvation is complete. It was accomplished when Jesus died on the cross and said, it's finished. It's all paid for. It is all done. Now left is the work that's not complete. The work of my life and the work of yours. Here in this sinful world, 
Forgetting what is behind. The past is forgiven. The future is righteousness. And the future is guaranteed and it's exciting what's coming. And we press on. And God's grace is like a rush of adrenaline. You can run this race. You can run this race. You can make it to the finish line. And then we run with glory, with endurance and strength by the grace of our God each and every day facing the sin of this world, the prize in our hands. Christ has taken all of our trash and He's destroyed it by His righteous blood. So as you live this week, as you live out your faith this week, live it for the Lord who suffered and died for you that you might press on to glory. Amen. And now may the peace of God that passes all understanding keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. Amen.